Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, we have Sarah Gare. She and her husband uh, have been investing for about a year, but have done so many amazing things in just one year. We go through so many different things around what she's learned, what uh, she would have done differently. And most importantly, what does she specifically do day to day to set herself up for success? We go there, we get specifics from her so that you could be also doing those in your own life. Yeah, this is a special episode because... We interview so many successful women in real estate that have a ton of doors, ton of experience. And it's really refreshing to talk to somebody during their first year, because I forgot mine. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what happened, but it's very interesting to have a conversation with somebody that it is on her first year and it's been very successful. So we went over the specifics about what did she do in order to acquire those properties and take her business to the next level on her own terms. That's the most important thing in the midst of COVID. So this is a special one for you. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we're all about in interviewing women that are just doing amazing things in real estate, whether they're growing their portfolio or whether they're done and they're just adding advice and sharing their wisdom. But we're all about serving women to empower them to live a financially free and balanced life. Right, Andressa? That is right. Whatever balance means to you. 
Yes. So if you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. I personally know how busy women are. (laughs) So thank you for taking a moment to, you know, to be with us. We like to say we go deep, but brief, and we kind of jump right into it. So thank you for joining us. And if you're someone who's been with us for a few years, thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with us. We just love hearing from you. We love being in communication with you on our Facebook community and our membership and all the things we have going on. So thank you. And if you haven't ever given us a review, please, please stop this podcast right now. No, don't stop. But if you can give us a review, that really helps us on iTunes and promoting this and sharing this. Uh, we would really appreciate that, especially for our, our very strong tribe of women who who do appreciate this. Right, Andressa? We do have a very strong group of women who who have our yeah. back. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes they don't know we have a podcast uh, or they came on one of our meetups across the country and they said, oh, so you, wait a minute. And they start like scrolling in front of me and say, what? You have more than like 200 episodes? I was like, yeah. And they're all women. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe this. Where where was I? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, we've so done share a- with other women uh, that you like, trust, and respect that might also benefit from listening from to our episodes. Yes, yes. So we have Sarah Gare here. Sarah, thanks so much for making time to share uh, your journey with the women listening. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Or having me, but yeah, thanks for having me. I do that all the time. If someone says to me, I'm like, we, we, I just think of myself and my other self. So don't, don't worry. (laughs) There's two of us. Exactly. I have multiple personalities. That's definitely the case. So um, before we jump into Sarah's story, we really like to just share a quick tip or suggestion. Uh, we we like to follow three pillars in our community, whether it obviously investing, real estate investing is our core. We also love to give content and, and, and kind of community around business because we don't want you to run this as a hobby. We know how busy women are. So we have to put those processes and people in place so we can we can do what we're great at. And we also are so all about self-care, mindset, self-care, really taking care of yourself on your own terms and not doing this where you're just begrudgingly just create another job for yourself and doing it in a way that serves you and serves your whole self, not just your your pocketbook. So that's what we're all about. And and I just want to share a quick tip or a quick story, Andressa, about a mastermind we were part of. You were part of this call as well. So um, I'm just like, what call are you talking about? (laughs) We're on a lot of masterminds together, Andressa, right? So um, what I wanted to quickly share is we were on a mastermind about a month ago, a few weeks ago, and um, we were doing this with our Investor EXP team. And we do have an EXP team that's Investor uh, focused. And what's really cool about this is that we have a, a circle of women, our, our women, like, um, you know, women real estate agents who also, right, want to take their investments deeper. And that's the kind of community and accountability that we're growing uh, across the country. It's really, really cool and exciting. And one of the things that we offer to our team is a mastermind. So on this mastermind, it was really interesting. A woman was sharing about a, a, a big apartment complex that she was looking to purchase. You know, her and her husband had some money put aside. They financially, you know, kind of were thinking about different options. And as she started, we started to ask her some questions about this opportunity. And, you know, large multi is not the same as small multi. We all know that. But, you know, the things you have to look for, how you can finance it. I mean, I can I make a long list because we literally have transitioned that way. And so as we started talking about this, you know, she was, she was so great, so receptive and like taking notes and asking questions. You know, we got to the point where you have two choices when you're into something larger than maybe your experience allows. One, you can figure it out. 
right? <laughs> and by I yourself. Think, by yourself. And I feel mm-hmm. like I am really good at that. Oh, we're, at, we're no, no, masters no, 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 no. at that, right? I Women would, is just like masters at it. And that's honestly how me and my husband like grew our business. But I will tell you, when you do that, things take longer and they cost more money um, and more mistakes will be had. And I'm not saying that's a right or wrong journey, but I can tell you personally, right? That, that also came along with some heart, heartache. <laughs> So what we suggested to her and an idea for you, for, for the ladies listening, you know, you're, you're maybe you're doing flips and you're transitioning to something else or you're scaling. You've done some small multis. You want to get into something larger. One of the best things you can do, and yes, you can go get expensive coaching and all that important stuff. There's a lot of different avenues. But one thought that doesn't, one suggestion that doesn't get talked about enough is to bring in someone who's literally has a, has a lot of experience in that asset class, right? So they've closed, brought to, you know, complete fruition apartment complexes, right? That's someone you would want to mentor under. Now, mentors are busy. People that are in the business are busy. And I've seen arrangements made that they come in as a mentor, but you give them a slice of the equity for that. So they bring along their contacts. They bring along their expertise. They bring along so many different things. So don't feel like you always have to pay, right? A big chunk of money. That's one way. You can also do it through equity. And, and I've seen that arrangement. We've done that arrangement, right, Jessa in the past, mm-hmm. Uh, almost like a JV sort of arrangement, but in, in that vein, you can get the support you need, but also like not, but set yourself up for, for success, right? Because there are going to be things that come up, especially you start to get into large commercial. That's not something I would just jump in without any experience, me personally. Um, so that's just a thought for you. And I know a lot of women and a lot of people want to grow into multi or want to expand their multi biz, multifamily business. It's one way to do it. And you want to make it enticing to that person. Say, listen, I got this great deal because right now deals are harder to get. They can bring their expertise. They can also make, you know, spend some time with you each week and then make some 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 equity. They're going to be very motivated to help you be successful because how are they getting paid? Mm-hmm. Getting paid through equity. So that could be a win-win. Just a thought, uh, a suggestion uh, to give, give women listening to get into larger things and not feel like you have to do it alone or pay out the wazoo at the beginning. Yeah, I always... You know, keep hitting the same thing, like what's it called? Like hitting on the head. That real estate, it's not like a solo game. It's not tennis. It, it is not like the mastermind figuring out with other other people that have done different things that have are ahead of the game or have different experiences can bring different ideas. Partnering up with other folks that are ahead of the game. It's just like shortcuts. I feel that it's shortcuts. I think that the, the women that are listening, if you are doing everything, the figuring out part, and you are wearing so many hats that you you can open a store if you want, uh, it's just it's just gonna take you longer and you, you might uh, lose. Um, the precious time that we always have right now to live life now. So how can you do that is by leveraging and really finding your tribe. There's so many tribes out, out there. You got to find yours. And I'm biased. I like ours best. So, so join our Facebook community. There's so many women out there that are really gracious and generous and ready to help. Yes. Very cool. Awesome stuff. Uh, so Sarah, without further ado, let's jump into your journey and your story. Uh, I think that's part of why Andres and I love interviewing women because everyone has a story, everyone has a journey and we can learn something from it. So for you, what propelled you to get involved in 
start investing in real estate? Yeah. So we started um, investing about a year and a couple months ago. Um, I say we as me and my husband. Um, And so he had a bunch of mentors kind of pushing him into doing real estate. And at the time it just didn't work. And then when COVID hit and where we were working from home, it was like, all right, now it's just, it's too good of a time. We have opportunities throughout the day at lunchtime or like right after work. We got so many hours back in the day by working from home that we're like, all right, we just, let's just do it. So at that point I started getting my real estate license. So I got my real estate license. I'm a licensed realtor, which helped us really propel our business. And then we do the birth strategy we do flips and then we wholesale. Um, but when we first got started, we were solely focused on doing the birth strategy and we got some rentals at the beginning. And then we started realizing that we could do flips to bring in some more cash. And we tried to expand our portfolio of the different ways that we do different like exit strategies. So we never had to leave a deal on the table. So COVID was actually really great for us. It was, we took a sour situation and tried to make it something sweet. And since then we've done a bunch of deals uh, and it's been super fun. I love it. So I want to, I want to dive into this because I think I say something so differently on so many podcasts um, about this idea of focus, right? So you've gotten started about a year. You've done, you have, you have five rentals. You've done a handful of flips. You've done a handful of wholesales. uh, And so you actually say that how valuable that is to not be, in one thing, but to have done a few different things, right? As you're getting going, you're growing your business, you're growing your portfolio. And someone like me, I've done, you know, we got started 15 years ago. So when someone says, Hey, what was one of the things you should have done differently when you started? I always say, literally, I'm almost every podcast I'm on. I should, we should have focused more. We shouldn't have done so many different things. So from a, like not devil's advocate perspective, because I think what you're saying, actually there's value to, if you do it correctly, why has it been so helpful to you as you know, in the last year to get involved in multiple strategies, you know, tell me more about that. Cause I think there is value there. I don't want to dismiss that or even say never do that, but I'm curious how it's helped you and how the women listening can also say, okay, there's value to this. And then, you know, how do I best not get so distracted, yeah. but get focused on a few different strategies, if you will. So I'm curious to, to learn a little more about yeah. that from you. So I hundred percent agree with you. When you first get started, I was solely focused on one thing. Because otherwise you're going to get distracted. You're going to spread yourself too thin. And it's going to be very hard to like master one thing or the other. Um, So we first got started, we focused solely on Burr because, uh, which is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Um, So it's a strategy to build your portfolio with uh, buying distressed properties, fixing them up. So we were doing that um, and we got enough rentals where we kind of felt comfortable. And then our goals changed, right? So instead of trying to accumulate cash flow, we wanted to build up our reserves, right? So we could do more deals. And so we were like, okay, how do we build up more reserves? And we started doing flips. Uh, And then we were like, how can we do build up our reserves more quickly? All right, let's just do wholesales. So as we kind of mastered one strategy, we felt comfortable jumping into other things. Um, And at different periods in time and at different times, like when we have different goals, it's like, okay, do we want to build more cash flow or do we want to build more um, just hard cash that we have in the bank. So that's when we kind of focus on a different strategy. And the reason why it's nice to have those three different exit strategies is though, is that if it doesn't work as a, if it doesn't work as a flip, okay, well, could it be a rental? If it doesn't work as a rental, because our numbers and what we are looking for in a deal is too high, maybe it will work for another investor who's only looking for an 8% return. And then that way we can wholesale it. So we just don't want to leave deals on the table um, and that's why having multiple exit strategies makes it much easier for us because if one strategy doesn't work, three different things in our toolkit that we can pull from. Yeah, I think it just 
And then just I know has has something because I know she's going to go she's going to go in another direction. I just want to say I think that's the difference of what me and my husband didn't do. The, the the different strategies were actually not connected. And so what you're doing so beautifully, and I think that's really distinctive, is that they're connected. Like they're, okay, I'm doing this, but it could be here, here, or here. We didn't do that. We bought raw land, we bought a commercial building, and then we bought a multifamily. Totally different things. So now I finally get it why we had so many struggles early on. No, I'm joking. This is all about <laughs> me and my own therapy of why our journey was so cr- screwed up now. I, but I think that's a very Im- important distinction I wanted to quickly make. So I'm sorry, Andressa. Liz, you're going to be surprised. Uh-oh. I was going there too. <laughs> of course we are. Of course no, no. We have the I same was going mind. To say, I was going to say a similar thing. It's, it's different strategies, but... They're all feeding the same thing as if you imagine like burr on top of your, your hierarchy. And then the, the other strategies are really feeding that, right? If it is wholesaling and uh, flipping, generating capital. So you can indeed buy the burr property. So I think they're all connected. So Sarah, it's been almost around one year. Uh, since you guys got got started, when looking back for all the ladies that are in similar situation, what are the lessons that you have learned during that period, your first year in real estate that you wish you knew? The biggest thing I would say, and this is like my, I say this every time, it's like my biggest frustration. There was a deal and this is when we had only like one tool in our toolkit. We, we were doing burr, but if you know how to burr, you know how to flip. So we we're going to flip this house and we had no idea how to wholesale. And we got the house under contract and then our rehab bids came back too high, but it was still a solid deal. Um, and then our lender couldn't lend on it or there was a bunch of different things. So we ended up backing out of the deal and this big time wholesaler in Houston came and picked it up. And then within like five minutes, they had investors lined up out the door and they ended up wholesaling it for $50,000 more than what we had it under contract for. Um, so my biggest regret, something I really wish I knew was how do I have multiple exit strategies and my the thing I always say is just don't leave deals on the table. If it's a good deal and for one reason or another, it doesn't work for you. Just like Liz was saying at the beginning, like there's so many people out there who are willing to help. I mean, write in a Facebook group, say, Hey, I got this awesome deals. Anyone have any suggestions? And then maybe you start having a conversation with somebody and they can say, okay, well I, well, I wholesale. And maybe you don't know how to wholesale, but you bring me the deal. We partner on it. I'll find you a buyer and we can joint venture on it together. Um, but I mean, I would always do that. If someone brought me a good deal, I bet. Let's joint venture on it. I'll find you a buyer. Let's just work on this together. And then we both make some money. But there's so many gracious people in this business. There's some people who don't want to share information. But if you don't know how to do something, always reach out and try to find someone who can help you just because otherwise you're going to have this regret like I do, just leaving all this money on the table that you think um, you could have gotten in a different way. Right. But I guess you learned the lesson right away, right? Yeah. I was like, don't <laughs> do this like, again. Never, ever again. How did you go about getting that information about the three different strategies, because sometimes it's overwhelming, right? If you look yeah. around and see there's so many courses, there's so many gurus, there's so many books, podcasts about it. You can spend the entire year or years learning about those yeah. three different strategies that we're talking now, wholesaling, burr and flip and, and not do a deal. So I'm very curious about how did you go about getting the knowledge and taking the action? Yeah. So for Burr, uh, that's what we started with. And I think if you know how to Burr, you definitely know how to flip. It's just kind of taking out two steps. So with Burr, 
we, um, we took a course, a weekend course. And then the biggest thing for me was like, once I learned how to run the numbers and the financial aspect of it, to me, we can kind of jump in. So once we did that, there's a great book. It's called The Burr Book. I think it's by Grant Turner or by David Green. Um, it's David. He's going to be David. pissed off with, with <laughs> David Green. <laughs> it's David. All right, David, you got it. But that book is it's super well, it's super detailed. It's very focused. You pick up the book, you read it from front to from cover to cover, and you'll basically know how to do burr, right? So for me, books are really helpful to kind of learn how to do something. Um, and if I have questions, I have mentors and stuff that I can go ask things to because I've built that community like you guys spoke about. Um, but for me, I like doing the books just because if you have one strategy you want to do, find one book, find the find the burr book. There's a flip book from bigger pockets. There's an auction book from bigger pockets, right? There's all these different books, read one book and you'll be like, okay, focus. I don't need to jump all over the place and find all these different things. Cause at that point it's incredibly overwhelming. And you can be like, Oh, cool. Trailer parks. Let me try that. Or can, let me try new construction. Right. So finding one thing that's very focused really helped me. Yeah. Love that. And, and, and I also, when I, we were going over your bio and how you've grown, um, in the last year, you did it with, with little, some of your projects, right? Little or no money of your own. Yeah. And definitely one of my, my favorite things to talk about too, because it's really how, how, how me and my husband scaled as well. And, and how Andres and I, right. How we've done number of deals, all of our deals, probably <laughs> until yeah. we've partnered together, actually. Um, so it is a really great strategy. It is very scary to a lot of people. And it's actually not as common as we all think, even if you've always done it. So for you, what was your first deal that you didn't use um, your own money and how did you navigate that and how did you put it together? Yeah. So that's my other tip too, is you don't have to have a bunch of money to invest in real estate. There's a lot of what, people- What, Sarah? What are you talking about? <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of money and they don't want to do the work. And if you're willing to put in the work, they'll give you the money. So our first deal we did with other people's money was our first flip actually. And I think it's much easier to partner on flips than it is to partner on single family rentals, just because on single family rentals, there's just not enough money in the game. Now on multifamily rentals is a completely different story. So on our first flip, um, we had been posting on Instagram and talking to our friends and family and telling them what we had been doing. And everyone's like, oh, this is cool. Like, I don't think that's going to work for you guys, but like, good luck, more power to you. <laughs> Showing them like- It's so encouraging, are, right? It's yeah, so I was like, thanks guys. Like retire in five years, LOL, it's not going to happen. But I was like, I'm going I'm to prove you wrong. Uh, but once you start doing it, once you start posting on Instagram, showing your success and talking to your friends and stuff, People will say, hey, like, I want to invest with you. Like, I don't know how to do real estate. Can I give you some money and we can do it together? So we had a bunch of people reaching out to us and we had two of my husband's friends who were like, all right, I want to, let's do this. Like, I'm ready to do it. So they sent us the money. Um, we gave them, I think it was 1099, just so for tax purposes, we set up a contract, the joint venture agreement. And we did all the work. We found the deal. We bought, brought the contractor. We monitored the progress of everything. And then they just kind of put up money. And then at the end of the deal, we split the profits 50-50. Um, and since then, we've just decided on flips, like we're not putting up any money. If it's more than a certain amount of money, we're not putting in any money. And if we have an investor who's not interested because they want us to put up money or something, we have a list so long at this point that I'll find somebody else. And if you start posting on Instagram and kind of building your portfolio on Instagram, I swear people will reach out to you. We have random people reaching out to us. There are these two women who were in LA, who found us on Instagram and reached out to us. We spoke to them on the phone for like two hours, explained to them like what we're doing. They're super cool, super laid back, but they wanted to invest in this as well, just because they saw our progress. And then once they met us via Zoom, they were like, okay, y'all are real people. Y'all are actually doing this. Um, 
So it makes it, it's a little scary at first using someone else's money, but it makes it so you can scale way more quickly. And then at that point, it's really just how many deals can you find? I, I think something you said at the beginning, I, I just want to reiterate for, for everyone listening too, is we over, we overcomplicate things. <laughs> let me, let me rephrase that. I often overcomplicate things and I know a lot of women do the same in different areas of their life. And I think you said something really beautiful and very simple. You said, we just start talking about what we're doing. And I think that's exactly what, in, in a lot of ways, we didn't overcomplicate that part of our business. Me and my husband, many, many moons ago, we literally just started talking to people around us about what we did in a very natural way. It's probably one of the best things to start doing if you want to start to use other people's money. Um, it's not like this crazy strategy, right? It's literally just starting to share with people that already like, trust, and respect you, right? Not random people. Those aren't going to be people who are going to want to invest with you. Um, not yet. Now, it, no, people that don't know you, that that increases. As your circle increases, your deal flow increases, your tenure increases. But um, I think that's a really important point is that we, we overcomplicate things. We need like, this like special strategy. You just start talking about what you were doing and sharing your progress, sharing your knowledge. I think that's one of the biggest things that we all can do in the way that works for us. So when you started doing that, Sarah, was there something that like, you and your you and your husband were doing this together and you said, okay, let's really go in on Instagram or let's do progress pictures or we really like video. Like from a technical perspective, how did you explore how you wanted to talk about what you did? Because I think also we could get stopped there. We're just not sure. Like, do I just stand outside? No, you're not gonna just stand outside and talk about what you do. Although you could talk to your neighbors if you're gonna like, you know, the school bus stop. But how did you do it? How did you explore? you know, the ways, the avenues to do that for, for the woman listening, I think that could be helpful. Yeah. So we used Instagram um, just because we wanted to just build our portfolio, just like have everything kind of in one spot. People love before and afters, right? You have a whole networks on television dedicated to before and afters, right? Yeah. So people love that stuff. They eat it up. I mean, it's silly, but if you use hashtags and you write your comment and you tag people and you do all the little marketing things, people will start seeing your brand being built um, because you'll grow your you'll grow your following and stuff. And for us, it's not really about the numbers. It's just about trying to help as many people as possible because we do some other stuff on the side. Um, but you'll do your, we did our Instagram because we wanted everything in one spot. You can use TikTok, you can use Facebook, whatever social media platform that you like, because you already have all your friends on there anyways. So they kind of just want to see what you're doing. And then when they see you like, Hey, like, that's cool. Like, can you show me what you're doing? Or you can tell me a little bit more about that. And then for us, like we go to work and then we do real estate. Like we, we love what we're doing. So people are like, what do you do in your free time? Well, I go on walks and I do real estate. So for us, it's basically, it's our life, right? So we love talking about it. So if we're having lunch or dinner with our friends and stuff, it's bound to come up. It, it would be, there's no way it wouldn't come up because it's really all we do in our free time because we love doing this. And so now they just know us as the real estate investors. They've got questions for us like, hey, can you help me buy my house, right? Um, and so we've kind of become like the go-to person within our friend group um, for questions in regards to real estate. And it really didn't take that much time, right? There's not a lot of people that are doing it, right? And if you're showing that you're doing it and you're posting constantly, people will be like, okay, they're actually doing it. Sarah, I'm very curious because the first year, um, you guys bought, you know, besides your primary, there was like other uh, five five doors and uh, raised money and did not use your, your own. How did you overcome the, a lot of people say, well, I don't have the experience. I don't know if people ask me questions that I don't know, I don't have a track record of like years to show the private money lenders. 
Uh, how did you overcome all of those obstacles? Yeah, so I guess the first thing is everyone has to start somewhere, right? So everyone starts with no deals. Um, so you have to do your first deal to get experience. And the first deal is definitely scary. Um, it's nice to have a mentor to lean on and be able to ask questions to when you do kind of get in those binds. Um, and I highly recommend having someone to ask questions to because we definitely had someone we asked questions to. But just kind of just jump in, right? You can definitely get into this analysis paralysis and just not move forward. But just jump in, kind of take a leap once you feel like there's, for me, it was like once I knew how to run the numbers, if it's a good deal, we're going to do it. So once I learned that, we were ready to jump in and maybe you write down the two or three things that once you figure those things out, you're ready to jump in and don't, don't hold yourself back. Um, and then I think you asked one more question is, I don't know what the other part of that question was. How did you overcome um, when people, you know, regarding having a track record or not yeah. for private money lenders? Yeah. So we use hard money lenders and the hard money lenders we work with really only work with real estate investors. So they realize that there's some people who don't know what they're doing or they just started, Right. And your hard money lender should truly be a part of your team, right? They mm-hmm. shouldn't be scary loan, loan guys who are going to come or loan sharks that are going to come after you and take your money. They should truly be a part of your team. Someone you can lean on, someone you can ask questions to. Um, so for us, once you find a couple loan off or loan people who will um, kind of be part of your team, then it shouldn't be as scary. But they definitely realize that those people who are just starting out and this is their first deal. Um, did how about the 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 family and friends that lent money to you guys? Um, were they concerned? Did they have any anything that you guys had to work it through? Because since there's no track record, of course, want to make sure you're taking care of their their money. But there was anything that you could share with us here that you say, well, we faced this challenge and this is how we overcome it. Yeah. So we definitely didn't use other people's money on our rentals, our first couple of deals we've done um, because we wanted to build our own credibility. We didn't want to risk other people's money. We didn't know what we were doing. And they also weren't going to give us money until we showed what we were doing. So then once we kind of done a couple of deals, then we have more credibility. We could answer more questions because we've gone through the process. Once you've gone through the process once or twice, like you'll really understand it and you'll be able to answer most questions. And the questions that you'll be asked that you wouldn't be able to answer to, those are very unlikely to even come up because people don't even know what to ask. So once we kind of, we never use other people's money at the beginning. So we didn't really run into that issue of we don't have credibility or, or a portfolio to show. So we had some um, credibility. We had some deals that we've already done. So people were like more comfortable jumping in with us when we were doing it. And we never asked people for money because I don't ever be like, hey, like, can we have money? They had come to us. So we had a lot of people. We have a list of people who have come to us to say we want to invest with y'all. Um, and I guarantee you, if you start doing that, people in your circle will come to you. Um, and it might not be one person to put up the whole 50 or $60,000, but you might have five or six people willing to put up 10. So there, there's definitely, you can put up less money and work with more people. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, that's a really good way of thinking about it too. And that it, initially it should be very, you're organic in some ways where you're, you're creating this two-way street, right? You're not just, no one knows about you. No one knows you invest in real estate. And then you start calling people. It's like, it's almost like out of thin air. It's like, what are you doing? Like if literally no one knows what you're doing, that should be the first thing you should start doing is sharing what you're doing. You know, and I think that happens. We, we almost live different lives, right? We have our, maybe, you know, you're working your full-time job and you want to do this on the side. You still need a way to share what you're doing. That's how we started working with our first private money partners. Same exact way. It was more of like this mutual thing where they wanted to actually invest in real estate. It wasn't like us asking for the money per se either. Um, and it's not asking for money. It's, it's, an, it's giving an, oppor- an investment opportunity. 
So I think when people start to, and I know I say this like ad nauseum in our community, but I have to just say it again in case you haven't heard me say this, is that you're not asking for money. That's not a donation, right? That's great if you are, but that's not what you're doing here. You're creating an opportunity for every party to win. That's an investment opportunity. And if you start thinking that way and being that way, you're going to come across that way versus like, oh, I need to ask for 50 grand. No, you're not asking for it. No, no. They're doing that. You're doing this and you're working together. The win-win. And I think as women sometimes, right, we could be a little, at times, especially in new areas, we could be a little, I don't know, what's the word? The word I'm looking for. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. But I don't know like, what you're the the word the, that you're looking for. But like a li- here's what I know. Like shy, a shy yeah, about it versus like this is what I got. This is the great opportunity. You're and cautious that's hard when you're about it. You can't yeah. more cautious. I think that here's what what I want to do a plug in right because a lot of people ask about raising private money and if you don't know, Liz has a book on bigger pockets. Oh no no no, that's Matt. Sorry Matt. <laughs> <laughs> raising private capital, bigger pockets, where there's a ton of like step-by-step how to raise private money. So check it out before I forget. Well, I appreciate that. So let, let, let me transition a little bit to gifts because we often look at like lessons or things that have happened as just, oh, this was tough or that was tough. But you know, what if we started looking at everything that's happening to us? I mean, you've had a year, right? COVID, COVID was a, was a, a thing. I don't want to say a thing. It was such a, it was such a, a world, you know, situation that none of us ever expected, right. For what it, what, what it created, what it caused everything around it. And that was the time that you and your husband were like, we're investing in real estate and we're going to start working with other people. And we're doing this. We got this. Like, I mean, that took courage. So what gifts did you learn as a result of the last year? you know, of doing this and, and creating your, starting your portfolio and sharing what you're doing and, and creating such momentum for you and your husband. Now those gifts could be, could be easy or hard, right? I'm not going to say what you could define gifts, however you want to, but I wanted to know what gifts you've gotten from the last year that you may not have gotten had you not done what you did. Yeah. So we were really, I guess some of the gifts we got right is just like, obviously we've gotten a lot of money from it. And it's just nice to have an extra stream of income. So we're not solely relying on our jobs. Right. So I told my husband, was like with COVID, everyone's jobs were unstable. You didn't know if you were going to lose your job or not. So it was like, if I lost my job tomorrow, yes, I'd be very upset about it, but I wouldn't go look for another job. I would solely focus on real estate. Right. So that's a huge gift for me is like, I know I have a skill set out of work that can make me money and enough money that I could live off of, right? Because I would just focus 100% of my time towards that as opposed to 50% of my time. So that's been a huge gift. We've been able to build our savings up high enough where we're very comfortable. Um, and now we're just focusing on other different things, which is also a huge gift, right? We set a goal at the beginning of the year to make a certain amount of money when we did that and we did it in a certain amount of time. And now we're done with that part and now we're focusing on something else. But that's been huge for us was just, we've set these different milestones that we want to achieve. One was building our savings to where we wanted it to be. One was accumulating enough rentals. And so we've, that's what we're kind of focusing now into that multifamily space. So we can get the, the rentals and the cash flow that we want to kind of, that's would be another gift would be, okay, now we've covered all of our expenses and now working is just because we enjoy doing it. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? 
I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. I'm very curious, Sarah, to understand a little bit about the work that you did on your mindset itself, because if you look back, 2020 was not like a quote unquote a more ideal time to, <laughs> you know, do different things. And I love that you and your husband not just get, got the knowledge, but took action. What do you attribute that? Because taking action and setting up the goals, achieving them and navigating new areas where it's, you know, every time that it's something new, we have, we're not like a hundred percent confident on it. And we have, you know, learn different things. So I'm curious to, to learn a little bit more about your mindset, because I'm sure you didn't build that only last year. You, you, ha- you probably yeah. have done something prior to that, your upbringing, your parents, your schools, and different things that you have done. But I'm curious to talk about that right now. Yeah. So I'm a really big Dave Ramsey fan. Uh, and, you know, Dave Ramsey's like, pay everything off, don't have any debt, et cetera, et cetera. Like, pay off your house. It's, don't buy cars with a loan, whatever. So it was very hard for me to transition right. Ramsey to Robert Kiyosaki and Grant Cardone and having these completely different mindsets. But it's the nine to five, right? You get in your car, you drive to work at nine. I'm like looking around when I'm driving into work and there's all these cars around me. And you've got people my age, you've got these 55-year-olds, these 65-year-olds. And I was like, wow. This is like 40 more years of my life. And then you go to work and you walk into the little rat race and you walk into the machine and then you leave and you come home at five and then you cook dinner and then you go home and then you go to sleep. And it's just like, wow, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I really enjoy what I do at work. But it's really, really nice. Like Liz said, it's a gift to have the option that if something changes in my life, we're actually having a baby. So oh, congratulations. congrats. So if something changes along the way and I want to spend more time at home and I... I have the option to do that, right? So this mindset shift, and I think COVID actually was a huge trigger of that mindset shift was like working from home. Um, So I've been working from home, spending a lot of time with my husband, spending time with our dogs. And I was like, wow, if I love this much time with my husband and my dogs, how am I going to feel when our baby gets here? Mm. This is going to be multiplied. And so just having an opportunity and realizing now that there's an opportunity to do something else um, is huge. And I guess the other thing is too, it's like, I'm hundred percent replaceable at work. I could leave tomorrow and they'll just put another little person in my spot and nothing's going to change. The company will keep going. It's not going anywhere, but in my business, if I don't do the work, we're not going to get any more deals and we're not going to make any more money. So it's like, I can make this as big as I want, or I can just make enough money to cover my expenses. And then I can wipe my hands and be like, I'm done. We've got enough rentals. I'm just going to live my best life. And I don't need to grow my portfolio to a thousand rentals. I can just have 50 and that'll cover my expenses. And that's that. So it really is nice to be able to run my own business um, and just have multiple opportunities. And COVID really showed me I want to have those opportunities because I'm replaceable at work and I don't want to have to depend on some somebody else besides myself and my husband. I think you're saying something really, you're really powerful in that we often talk about goal setting, right? We talk about what our one year, three year, five year goals are, and and, and that's really important. But like 
where do you see yourself in 20 years? Right. Like, let's talk about that, you know, and then work backwards or 30 years, depending on how old you are. But that's really powerful. Right. And, and I think that's really like if, if my life, if I keep doing what I'm doing and in 20 years, where will my life be? It's a very simple question. So it's, and it's a very powerful question, right? It's like, because some things you're doing or we're, we're all doing are going to get us to where we want to go and are moving us away from where we want to go. So I, I really like that. I like that idea for the women listening to like, not just goal set for 20 years, like just what do you want your life to look like in mm-hmm. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? I don't know if I could, well, 40 years. Like, what are you around? talking about? We're I'm like, will be I still old. be around? Yeah, I'll still yeah. be around. <laughs> um, I sometimes feel like I'm 95, but you know, I think it's very, very helpful to think in that way. Not, not in two years, no. What is like yourself times 20? And I think that when you ask that, and then you look around, not to judge anyone, right? Not to judge or make anyone wrong, but what do you want for yourself? And like, I think that was very, very, you said it very quickly, Sarah, but I think that was very, very powerful because then you got this like glimpse. You got this like, oh no, if I don't shift something now, I will be these people in 20 years. And again, it's not to judge people, but people are either a warning or they're an example. Anyone yeah. you know, think about it. Oh my God, <laughs> that, that's like a hashtag. Hashtag, that, like- you're, Right. Warning our example. I think yeah. my brother-in-law told me that I didn't make it up. I don't really make anything I say <laughs> of any use up. Usually I usually just take it from someone, but it's true. And I think for you, Sarah, I love that you said, like you looked around and you're like, do I want to be doing that in 20 years? The answer is no. Now, what am I going to do now to get myself in, in order? And I wouldn't dismiss what you've done. Like in a year during COVID, when deals are hard to get, like good deals that make money, especially flipping, (laughs) are hard to get. And you're doing it and you've done a number of them and you have rentals, like kudos to you, especially kudos to you starting now, really. Because I I mean, I don't think my my first year in real estate did not look like that. (laughs) We kept going, you know, we kept going, but it did not look like that. So kudos to you. And I think your, your ability to like jump in, figure it out. And also, like you said, know the numbers. And if you don't, feel comfortable analyzing numbers, go to people who've looked at these projects before. Bigger Pockets has some great calculators. People that you know that know someone has a spreadsheet they can share with you. Don't overthink the numbers. The numbers aren't like this, whoa. It just yeah. start running numbers. Start looking at deals. Start plugging them into something. Does it, does it make sense? Does it not make sense? So I just wanted to say that too. You know, one thing that I want to just mention is that, you know, she started living that, that goal now. It's like practicing. It's like, oh, in five years, I want to be this person. And then like four years and 11 months, you've been doing exactly the same thing. And then like, ah, okay, five years, you become that that person. You got to start practicing being that five-year person now. And I think that your near husband, Sarah, you guys are on the right track because you you guys are like, okay, got the knowledge, let's practice, let's get out of here, let's learn the lesson and just move forward, not waiting for it. It's like thanking all those people that are stuck in traffic around you because they really like motivated you. So next time you see them, say, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all of you that are around me here in traffic because you guys allow me to live my best life. (laughs) Yeah. For the women listening, we always talk about action, right? And and Andres are big into that. Like, you know, and I'm sure you are too, sorry. You wouldn't have created what you've created if you're not someone who's action oriented. And some of the women in our community, right? Are these women who just want to take action? So for the women listening, they're stopping themselves. And you you know who you are. All right. I don't know you by name, but I know women are Let listening. Let me tell their names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I know that because I am like that in certain areas that are new, newer to me, right? We all have that ability of like, we run really quickly here, but it was something new. Some of us, like I say, all personality styles, but some of us may be like, they overthink it, they overanalyze, they just get cautious, right? So for the women listening who are stopping themselves in something when it comes to investing, what would you tell them? Write your goals down. Write your goals down. That's the biggest thing is don't just have them in your head. Don't have them on your phone. Write them down on a piece of paper or write them down on your computer and print them out and put them all over your house, right? Put them on your fridge. We, we do this. We do this every quarter. We put them on our fridge, both our nightstands, on our mirrors, on the kitchen table, and it's at my desk. So every time, anywhere I go, I'm looking at my goals. And anything I do, it must go with those goals, right? So my husband and I have this conversation all the time. Like he was doing something like, I was like, why are you doing that? Or that's not in our goals. We need to go where mm. we go. And so we don't get sidetracked. Um, and the reason I say that is because once you hit those goals, you should, you, you make a set. If you're saying, I want to set a goal to start investing. Okay. Well, how are you going to do that? Are you going to do that by reading three or four books, read those three or four books. I'm going to read those three and four books. I'm going to do it in a month. And then after that, I'm going to buy my first rental. Once you've done that, then do it, actually go do it. Cause if you don't write down your goals, you're going to get sidetracked. You're going to go do something else. Um, and if you're constantly seeing it every single day, it's a constant reminder to yourself that you have to get this done. You shouldn't be doing anything else until those things are done. That should be the highest priority. And you shouldn't be doing anything else that goes against those goals or isn't aligned with those goals. Um, so that's kind of what I do. And it's just like, I see it everywhere I go in my house, everywhere, everything I do, I'm like, okay, these are the things I need to do. Everything I'm doing should be in progress of that. Love it. Love it. And, and, you know, if, if for, for the analytical women listening, they're like, oh, that's nice to do, but you know, just cause just, just to write down your goals, but statistically so much research has shown when you actually write things down, the, the chances of you doing them go up significantly. I don't know all the percents, but you could do your own research on that, but it's not just a nice thing to do. It actually, it actually moves you towards those goals faster. There's something. And the really next step cool. is share with others. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Post write it, it down on your Instagram. And then you have to do it because now everything is going to make you do it. That's the truth. I've been getting people because I've mentioned it a few times that I want to buy a vacation rental. And a few people are like, I was talking to someone, they're like, well, you said it on stage that you wanted to buy a vacation rental. (laughs) I'm like, that's why I talk about it because I know people are going to hold me accountable. And then I'm like, you know, and it just helps us all be our best selves, right? Everyone needs help. It's not like, you're not, you're not like done with any of that. Everyone needs to kind of hold each other accountable and they get that in different ways. So I, I I love I love that idea of writing your goals down. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of it too. And then obviously sharing with others that support you or at least lift you up and cheerlead for you. Watch who you share those things with that are going to tear you down. Don't do that. I would not a big fan of sharing goals with people who are going to just make you sound like this is a good time to invest in real estate. I don't know about that. <laughs> don't share it with those people. We all know them. I mean, I can talk about my family and friends. I could tell you the people in my hand who would say that, but they don't say that to me because, you know, they know to go pound sand. Anyway, Sarah, this has been awesome. Where can um, all the ladies listening learn more about you? Uh, we keep up on our Instagram page. So it's Gare, G-A-I-R dot real estate. And that's the best place to reach out to us. Um, that's our favorite part. Like we love talking to new new investors or people who are investing in general, just to work together and see where we can go. Awesome. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Sarah, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Oh, that's really hard. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to live a financially free and balanced life? Write my goals down and have a schedule for every single day of what's there you go. the time. Tight ship. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the last question, Sarah, is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? I had, I had this one. Madam C.J. Walker. If she can do it. I mean, you can do it, right? Someone who came from nothing. If she can do it, you you can do it. I love her. Great show on Netflix too. Yes, on my list. I love that. Um, Sarah, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, so excited about your journey and so excited about where you go. Um, you're, you're doing some great things and you have such a great way about going at it. So, so good for you. And thanks for sharing your story with uh, our community today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sarah. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.